but your joy isn't stolen because you're not sick in your soul. You need that musical theater dumping chemical, yeah. the one that gets everybody <laughs> up and dancing at a, yeah. at a moment's notice. That's yeah. the thing that they need to be dumping, dumping into, the into water. their water. So you get that every, but see the, that's, and that's what we're talking about between upstream and downstream, you know, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you think for yourself and deepen your beliefs. We are here to open up your worldview, challenge your way of thinking, and teach you to think critically for yourself so that mm-hmm. as you dive deeper into your faith and into the what you believe, you understand it and you can defend it, you can articulate it with confidence as you Go out into the world looking to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. My name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host for the podcast. And we can't do the Salty Pastor podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. <laughs> well, greetings, everyone. And I just wanted to reiterate what Jesse was saying. And that is, is that uh, being in the full-time ministry for almost 35 years, uh, I've, I've learned, uh, not through just the process of education, but primarily through the School of Hard Knocks, what really helps people. And what really helps people, what really changes their life, what really makes a difference in what type of life they live is their faith. Mm. And what makes your faith strong? And what makes your faith strong isn't getting everything you want. And it's not being told what to think or what to believe. A strong faith comes when you wrestle with the questions. You take time to think deeply about things. You think deeply about who you are, what makes you tick, who God is, and what he's chosen to do in your life. And so that's why we always say that the Salty Pastor uh, podcast and then the preaching at Foothills Christian Church is not designed to just give people a construct on how to think. It's designed to help them develop critical thinking skills so that they strengthen their faith. And so, so many churches are like gyms where you go in and the trainer does the work for you and you sit there and watch and you go, Oh, I feel better. You know, that my trainer lifted all this weight, but that doesn't do you any good. You have to go to the gym and you have to pick up the weights and you have to use them. So that's what we do. That's what we're called to. And we hope that this podcast helps you do that. So we are in the middle of a series, our summer series titled get up and go. Mm -hmm. Um, It's designed to help you get your faith moving and growing and activated after so much quarantine and downtime where you just uh, wanted to really encourage people to get up and go. And so we're looking directly at the principles in the Bible that cause us to grow in any circumstance. Um, So we've talked about a whole lot of different topics over the course of this series. So tell me to Pastor Doug, what is on the docket for today? (laughs) Well, it's joy. Joy. Yes, we need some more joy out there. And you do too. Joy is critical for you to get your faith moving. It seems with everything that's happening over the last year and the ongoing challenges before us, we're lacking joy. And when you lack joy, you lack motivation, you lack inspiration, you lack uh, your effort falls off, you know, and it's easy to slide into you know, status quo, or even a depression. Mm. Uh, the mood of the country right now cannot be construed as joyful at all. It's very toxic and polarized. The mood of families out there and what they're having to deal with is one of stress. It's not one of joy. Uh, they're just trying to survive every change that's constantly thrown at them. 
I even see it in marriages. I see it in individuals right now. There isn't a lot of joy going on right now, and I'd like to change that. I mean, it's just permeating everything. I was listening yes. to a podcast on my way to work today, and they were doing ads for, what is it called, micro... It's like uh, micro hair plants. No, 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 no. It's like uh, <laughs> THC, like micro uh, hits, basically. Like you just have these little bottles and you just pour a little bit in your coffee and it just gives you a little boost. And it's like people are so <laughs> burnt out on life that they're like, here, we're just going to distill. Oh, my goodness. Distill, you know, kind of. You need more marijuana, yeah. THC, so that you can be happy. Oh, it's uh, micro doping is what oh, it's called. Micro doping. <laughs> Gotta love that. Oh, so. good. Goodness, be a rope dope. Uh, yeah. And so it's like you're seeing this just in people's lives on a daily basis of yeah. they can't find something to be joyful about because the country or where they're at in their spiritual walk or whatever, yeah. um, lack of faith. It could be anything, but they're just there's so much depression and anger and you watch the news and it just pulls you even further down. And so it's like, it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to end on, on some days. And so I yeah. get it. I get why people are having such a lack of joy. And I mean, mm -hmm. we all want joy. We want to, you yeah. know, I like feeling joy. I like feeling good, happy. I want to feel blessed mm -hmm. and it feels so much better than being depressed or anxious or, yeah. or sad. Um, but I kind of always assumed joy was just sort of a byproduct of, you know, oh, I went to a wedding, so I had joy or mm -hmm. like, it, like there was some something good happening event, basically, that kind of joy was a byproduct of. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm getting the sense that maybe There's if I've learned if I've learned anything during the get up and go series, <laughs> it's that most of the things I think are not entirely accurate. Oh, and my I goodness. need a little bit of clarification. So, well, Proverbs 13 or Proverbs 15, chapter 15, verse 30 says light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart. And good news gives health to the bones. So as a messenger, I want to have a light in my eyes that bring the joy of Jesus Christ into your life. So, you know, we've been talking about a lot of really intense topics over this Get Up yes. and Go series. Yeah. The, well, just the whole last year. I mean, just in the whole last year. Yeah. If it's not coronavirus, it's something else, yeah. right? Yeah, the philosophical um, winds of this world are really oppressive Yes, right now. and it's just, it's this, yeah, it's pretty bad. And so the, the topics just across the board have been so hard. So mm -hmm. it seems like we're starting to look for some hope in things though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even some of the things we talked about, you know, you talked about repentance. It wasn't a, I want you to go fill out and go out and feel bad and guilty about the things you're doing. You talked about there's yeah. hope on the other side of repentance. Yeah. It's, what do you turn towards? Yeah. So mm -hmm. talk to me about kind of this hope. Where's, where can we find hope that might lead to joy these days? <laughs> well, this Tuesday is a Bible study. And so let's look at some of the scriptures and, uh, Romans, which is a book of doctrine, you know, it's just, it's basically kind of, you know, just a real strong, you know, these are the logical foundational stones of Christianity that he goes through. So, mm. but in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. So he says that your joy comes in your hope. In Romans 14, verse 17, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
because anyone who serves Jesus in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. And then in chapter 15, Paul writes, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So as we trust in God, we open ourselves to be filled with all joy and peace. And he goes, that way you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what I find interesting about these verses you brought up is similar to what my assumption was when you said, I want to talk about joy. Um, It talks a lot about finding joy in the Holy Spirit, in your righteousness, in in this peace that your faith brings you. Yes. Um, and it even, you know, kind of contradicts what the, what my initial impression or what I would say most people's initial impression of where joy comes from, which is, you know, from something physical from, they, they bring up like eating or drinking, um, you know, an event, something like that. Mm-hmm. But as is said multiple times throughout the Bible, the things of this world are fleeting. So the yes. joy we yes. get through those things, I would assume is also fleeting. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of shifts from a psychological high you get from something yes. to something spiritual. And that's mm-hmm. where real mm-hmm. joy comes from, not just yeah. this this faint glimpse, this micro dosing <laughs> that is not gonna help micro dosing of uh of a joy versus what true joy could be, right? Well, yeah, and Christianity is all about what's happening in your soul. It's not about you know, um, like he says in verse 17, it's not about eating and drinking. Yeah. You've said so it's not about the outward stuff. Well, and you've said multiple times, Christianity is one of the, you know, it's the only yeah. religion that doesn't give you like a dietary code or a dress code or music yeah. codes, or you're not allowed to drink soda or, I mean, whatever it's, yeah, it's exactly. very different. It's very, very different in that regard. And the reason why is because uh, it's upstream versus downstream. And I want to talk about this as much as possible over the next year. And the reason why is because we live in the downstream every day, right? Mm. Uh, and so what we do is we go, well, when the downstream flows my way, I'm happy. And when the downstream flows against me, I'm sad. And that basically means when circumstances go my way, it's awesome. And in some ways you just can't help it. I mean, if you're going somewhere and then you hit every green light, right? You just can't help but put a smile on your face and go, wow, man, the planet's aligned for I, me today. I drive through a lot of lights on work, <laughs> on the drive to work every day. You so. can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you're weaving through traffic and there's all this stuff and suddenly it opens up and you find yourself at the front accidentally and you're like, wow, you can't help but feel good. You know, good fortune always has a good feeling about it. But the question is, is that authentic joy? Because what happens, the down is that if that's all joy is, then you are living in a downstream life with no influence over the stream. Mm. Whereas in Christianity, the focus is on what's happening in your soul, which is an upstream event. And the more that you focus on the upstream, then the more the downstream goes your way, so to speak. Well, I think it's, you know, that analogy has so many uses just because you think about, um, you think about these, these examples of, you know, chemical plants dumping things into the water, right? Right, right. And it's like when you put crap into the water, it floats downstream and it affects the people and there's 
so many lawsuits that are still in court for corporations of poisoning towns because they were dumping stuff into the water. Yeah. And, and then so, it gets into people and makes people sick. Yeah. And they had no control over that or they, or they said, yes, it would be great to have this company in our town. And yeah. so it's like, you kind of get what you put in, right? Yeah. If you're well, passive up, about it, it's yeah. going to be passive. Exactly. But, but this is a perfect uh, point or analogy. And that is, is this, let's say they're dumping something in the water, right? right. And you're sick. Okay. And if you're sick and you're not feeling good and it starts to rain outside, what happens? It's just 10 times worse. Yes. If, if, uh, your car, you know, runs out of gas, it's 10 times when you're sick and you're tired and you feel bad little things, you know, your dog has an accident, you know, you want to send your dog to Africa or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even little things just are so bad, but what happens if there was something in the water, upstream and you're drinking it and each day you're getting stronger and getting thinner better. and better looking and your car runs out of gas. So what do you looking do for that company, wherever they're dumping? <laughs> <Yeah>. You're like, <laughs> Oh wow. My car ran out of gas. So what? I'll just push it. Yeah. This should be fun. I'm or, running to work today. Yeah. I'm going to run to work today. You see what I'm saying is that that yeah. upstream thing changes how you perceive. It doesn't make your car not break down, but your joy isn't stolen because you're not sick in your soul. You need that musical theater dumping chemical, yeah. the one that gets everybody <laughs> up and dancing at a, yeah. at a moment's notice. That's yeah. the thing that they need to be dumping, dumping into, the into the water. Dumping into the water. So you get that every, but see, the, that's, and that's what we're talking about between upstream and downstream. You know, uh, and like, let's, let's keep moving on. Second Corinthians chapter 8, listen to what Paul writes. He goes, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So there's a group of churches in Macedonia, okay? In the midst of a very severe trial, so they were going through a drought up there. And so things weren't going well in Macedonia, which was way north of modern-day Israel and uh, where Jerusalem was. It says, but even in the midst of their drought and severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty... So they were poor. They didn't have anything welled up in rich generosity. So even though they didn't have anything, what they did is they brought together everything they could, all the money that they could, and they sent it to Jerusalem because in Jerusalem there was a famine. Mm. So even though things were really bad for the Macedonian churches, things were worse for the church down in Jerusalem. And so what's really interesting here too is that the Macedonian churches were predominantly non-Jewish. And the church down in Jerusalem was predominantly Jewish. Jewish. And before the Jews and the Gentiles were what? Very opposed to each other. They didn't have anything to do with each other. And now you have churches, even though they don't have anything, they're taking up a collection. They're giving it to Paul to take to Jerusalem to ease the famine that's going on there. He, he goes, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. So joy is more than just a feeling of happiness. It's an upstream attitudinal mindset that changes how you experience and interact with every downstream circumstance in your life. So if you are sick in your soul, the upstream thing, it, like the water illustration, which right. is perfect, and it's making you sick, then everything that's happening downstream 
is 10 times worse. And you, you're convinced I can't ever be joyful because nothing is going my way. You know, my dog doesn't like me. My car doesn't like me. The world is stacked against <laughs> me. You know, you get, woe is me. I think I'll go eat some worms. But what happens is when your soul gets healed and filled, right? Mm -hmm. And so then all of these things, you're going to continue to suffer like these people in Macedonia. They were having a terrible time. But because of the upstream healing of the soul, they were joyful even in their poverty to the point that they were able to give beyond their ability. So the stronger the healing of the soul, then the more powerful the attitudinal mindset about your everyday downstream circumstances. Well, and I think joy and generosity are so intricately tied together. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of feed into each other. You know, if if you're joyful, you're more apt to be generous and that generosity causes more joy. And it's just kind of this amazing feedback loop in a positive way. I mean, when I was on a mission trip in Honduras for a month, we went out and we did, um, this family wanted to have a prayer meeting and they lived in a pretty rundown part of Tegucigalpa. Mm -hmm. Um, but we drove out there and they were just so honored to have all of us missionaries in their house with them. Yeah. And they basically took a week's worth of food and cooked it up for us. Even though like we ate well, we had, I mean, our money exchange rate down there is very good. Yeah, and so very it's good. Like we were, we were living pretty solid while we were down there yeah. and they cooked up so much food. It had to have been a week's worth of their food and they were happy to share it with us because they had a joy in their faith and the fact that they were able to, um, be, be showing how much they love God and they were able to host a prayer meeting and, and they were honored to be able to have the church come over for their thing. And so, I mean, it was amazing to see what kind of generosity outflows yeah. from a real true sense of joy, even yes. in poverty. Um, even the people that have no resources are happy to go, well, you know, I can do, I can do without, you know, you're in a worse place. Let me help you. And it seems like the more wealth you have, it, it tends to be kind of an inverse thing for some people right. where it's like right. the more money I gained, the less I want to let go. I, I ball it into my fist and it's like, no, this is mine. And, but it's cause you're also losing joy. I think it's, yeah. it puts your mindset differently. It's yeah. you're focusing on the, on, on the fiscal rather than the spiritual. Yeah. And I think that, uh, those two are intimately joy and generosity, not just, uh, from a a a financial standpoint, but from every other area serving and yeah. And And even in your marriage, you know, or even in your dating life or even with your kids and you know, that joy and generosity, uh, are intimately linked because joy comes from an upstream soul that has been healed and redeemed. Right. And Mm. so it creates a mindset. And if, if your kids are a burden to you and they drive you crazy constantly, sometimes that happens, but, uh, I've never but, heard a parent complain about their kids know, driving them crazy. But if every day you're up and say, what a gift these people, these kids have been to me and I'm a steward, you know, they don't belong to me. I'm managing them for God. And, and so I think it's really important about how joy is something more than just a circumstance going your way. It's about an upstream change of heart that changes everything down below. So it's like the fruit or the harvest of something. Well, speaking of fruit, there's the fruits of the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Is this what Paul was talking about in Galatians? Um, it's like 522. 
but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, yeah. and faithfulness. That is that similar mindset? Well, I, yeah, I think it's the exact same mindset. And he, he says the same thing to the Thessalonians again in first Thessalonians chapter one, verse five and six, he says, because the, our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. See, deep conviction is really interesting is that similar to repentance, you know, what what it is, is it's like a conviction is a, a, a change of mind. And deep conviction means we really thought this and now we've totally changed and gone in this new direction. Mm. So it has that flavor of repentance. And he says, it came to them on deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So when we turn to God, the upstream part of our soul can be filled and healed and that is joyful. So I think the whole notion of upstream downstream is applicable in just about every situation, especially when it comes to the fruit of the spirit. Mm. So let's kind of recap what you've, you've shared with us so far. Joy is more than just happiness, especially Mm -hmm. the fleeting happiness we get from, you know, a downstream event, downstream event. It doesn't require, you know, real true authentic joy doesn't require good circumstances to, experience it right right um joy is a result of the work of the holy spirit within our lives um we can't have that without the holy spirit being part of that equation Mm -hmm. um our joy can grow as we grow in our faith and our in our our binding with the holy spirit and then um i mean just in general we could all do with a little more joy in our (laughs) life right like Well, here's some specific steps I think that I'd like to encourage people based on these biblical principles that you just encapsulated. And that is, first and foremost, is that you need to work on the condition of your soul. If your soul's not, you know, being healed first, if it's not redeemed, then it's really tough to live and experience more joy. Uh, Number two is if you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. And what they mean by that, I think over and over in the New Testament is that I am re- I'm actively repenting every day. In other words, I am turning to God to learn his values so that the Holy Spirit is maximizing these values in my life, the things of God okay. in, in my life. And then the third thing is then you can work on your perspective. It's like, okay, how does the things that God value move through me in these downstream events? It gives you a little bit of... Uh, capacity to rise above it. Mm. You see, if you can rise above it, it allows you to be so much more joyful because little things don't get to you. I remember a coach a long time ago, uh, somebody came to him and said, you know, Hey, last year, you know, your team won the state championship and this year you guys are off to a horrible start. You know, um, how do you feel that feel about that? And he says, well, He goes, uh, criticism or blame does not make you worthless and praise does not make you holy. Hmm. And I just thought, so he just took it all with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, Even when I'm winning the state championship, I'm not the greatest coach in the world. Right. And then when things aren't going well, I'm not the worst coach in the world. So he's, he's had a capacity through age and wisdom and maturity to rise above it. Right. Hmm. Up and down. Um, the, the higher your perspective, the greater your joy. 
Dr. Peter Kreft says this. He's the uh, professor emeritus of philosophy at Boston U. And he says that the people that have lived the most joyful lives and the people in the most influential lives tended to be the most heavenly minded people. They're, they're, they're future proofing. Yeah, future <laughs> exactly. Focused. Future focused. So then that, you know, another way to increase your joy is focus on being a better parent, you know, be a better parent. In Proverbs, there are 17 references to joy. All right. 17 references in Proverbs alone about joy. Half of them deal with the child parent relationship. <laughs> so that means if you're not focusing on how to be a better parent, you're doing your best as a parent, then your kids are going to grow up and they're going to steal all your joy. Is this, <laughs> I, I have a running joke in the office because yeah. I'm, I'm the only one without a kid yeah. in the office. Um, and when they have kids over they're they're saying something about, Oh, my kid did this. I'm like, Oh yeah, Jesse have kids. It's the greatest experience of your life. And I'm always being pretty sarcastic about it, but I will say almost, I would say every single one of them would say they love their kids and their yeah. kids bring them so yeah. much joy, but you can't have joy without a little bit of sorrow. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> There's a little bit of challenge. But, the, but that's, you know, but be a better parent. See, and here's what's really interesting about upstream, downstream and parenting. And that is, is that if you try to parent based on the downstream, you're just going to react to every situation. Right. But if you're an upstream parent, you already know what your core values are. You know what you want to give your kids. You know what your mission is, is that you want to send them out is capable, confident, courageous adults. Right. So then all the situations, the ups and the downs you, the edge are, you know, when they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. When they do the greatest thing, it doesn't mean they're the greatest in the world, right? right. It kind of levels you out. Uh, the other thing you can do upstream, I think really important for joy is you can practice forgiveness, practice forgiveness each and every day of the people that you're closest to practice forgiveness in for yourself. It, the more you work on forgiveness, the lighter your soul becomes. You got to detox your soul from bitterness and regret and guilt and shame. You got to just detox yourself from all that stuff. And then that's an upstream thing. And the more healthy your soul is, guess what happens downstream? Regardless of the stream, regardless of the circumstance, you will have more joy. Spend uh, another upstream of the things is invest yourself, spend time, just spend time doing the most important spiritual things. Spend the most time just if God values these things, you know, Jesus values these things. If he values worship, if he values meditation on his word, if he values prayer, if he values community and fellowship with other uh, redeemed people, then you should value those things and just do them, you right. know, do them. And then, and then the other thing that I tell people this, and this is what's really interesting, is that if you really want to find joy over the long term of your life, stay in one place just like physically stay in one place physically or stay. <laughs> I'm never leaving my house again. Is that what you're telling me? Pastor Doug? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Buddhist I mean, monking and just sequestering myself to my room. <laughs> no, I mean, find a church and stay there. Just find a church and stay there over a long period of time. Find a city, right? And then develop friendships and roots in that city. It's really fascinating. There was a study out and that is so many people retire and then they want to like, Oh, I want to go, I wanna, I'm going to go live on the beach in Costa Rica or I'm going to go to Belize. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Da, da, da. And what they found is that the people in the retirement that were the happiest had the fullest retirements and lived longer than anybody else were people who didn't leave their community that they had developed before they retired. 
Hmm. So if you stay there, now I'm not saying don't get a beach house that you go down to or take your friends to in Belize. That's, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying is that don't underestimate the the power and influence of your community of friends and church and relationships for your long-term health when you retire. So if you're young, bouncing around and chasing the buck everywhere you go does not help you in the long term of your life. Go someplace, stay there, build and set deep roots. Well, I appreciate you sharing these insights on joy, Pastor Doug. I, as we've talked about in this um, this session, we there's a lot of lack of joy in the world right now. So yes. I think um, empowering our listeners and giving them ways that they can improve their own joy, but also share with other people. I mean, their base joy, if they're listening to this is probably a little bit higher than, you know, some of their coworkers who maybe aren't even looking for some sort of spiritual growth in their life. So this is a great episode where you can interact with people around you and say, how are you working on your joy? How are you, you know, the, the, the world at large is trying to fix it through a secular means, you know, mindfulness and take your, you know, breaks, get up and go for a walk. And those are all great things for physical um, things, but we've talked about those physical joys don't last. The only mm-hmm. way you're going to get real, true, authentic, long lasting joy is through Jesus Christ and his Holy spirit. And you can, you don't want to keep that info to yourself. Don't sequester that secret knowledge of how you're becoming more joyful from the people around you. So have a conversation, talk to them about how they're growing in their faith, where they can really find joy and how they can be happier in this world. That sometimes makes it really hard to be joyful. So we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, Please tune in on Thursday. We'll do some deeper diving onto um, where joy can come from in our lives, some more practical applications. And then obviously on Sunday, Pastor Doug will be preaching on it. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Blessings. Blessings.